Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina, and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music, and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie, and Wrightsville, and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is in the building. And of course, we got Jenna X joining us on this Tuesday, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how the SEC sued Binance and Coinbase yesterday afternoon, labeling 19 crypto assets as securities in the process. With the SEC reallocating resources into these new lawsuits, we discuss how this will impact the Ripple case in the near future. The Atomic Wallet was hacked over the weekend, pushing investors away from self-custody and into qualified custodians, giving us another example of how regulations are leaving Americans behind. And with the digital transformation of our banking system already underway, we break down the details, showing our community how global institutions are creating the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, first of all, welcome back, my friend, and I hope you had a great weekend. How are you feeling this morning? And thank you for being here. Hey, Abs, how are you doing? Well, I definitely did not have a great weekend. I mean, you all know about the Atomic hack Wallet hack, and unfortunately, I had some stuff on there, and I was the lucky one, one percenter. Hey, Abs, I finally get to save a one percenter, unfortunately, in the wrong way. But happened to be into that one percent of the hackers, so uh, yeah, it was kind of a uh, it was a bad feeling to be honest with you. It's very interesting. Really, nothing's safe out there. It's very very scary when you think about these things. But nonetheless, uh, we always move forward. We find ways to keep going, and that's what we do here. So uh, I always start to sound like I always do. Good morning to all the war maniacs out there. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys for showing up every single day. That's what's important. And uh, great to see Jenna and, and Gonzo here as well. Oh, I think that's Gonzo. Is that Gonzo down there? I don't know. I can't tell that young baby face down there who that is. Yeah, it is Gonzo. And Johnny, that's some unfortunate news. So I'm sorry to hear about that. Little sad way to start the show, guys. So show Johnny Crypto some love. Show him some support in the live chat. If there's anybody you know who can help with a wallet hack, reach out. Put it in the live chat down below. That would be great if you guys could help out. But Gonzo, we got 192 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to be talking about Gary Gensler. Binance, Coinbase, and of course, the Ripple versus SEC case today. But before we do that, how you feel, my friend? Thanks for being here. I'm feeling great, man. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that really sucks, Johnny. It's a really rough weekend. But you know what? The universe is good, and we're going to make that money back. So even if we don't recover it, do the other way, dude. Uh, I know we're going to get that back somehow. So, but um, yeah, man, interesting day. After we had, we had a good show, we got off the show. And then all of a sudden, like, we had already started talking about, like, the Binance news. And so the Coinbase wasn't a big surprise because they had the Wells notice. So we knew that was coming. What was interesting, what was in the kind of the, the lawsuit, right, where they didn't name Brian Armstrong and the things that they said. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, but the Binance thing came out of nowhere. But you know what? A, a lot of these assets took it in the chin. But, um, you know, they're still standing, dude. They're still not at lows um, uh, that we saw at the end of last year after the FTX collapse. 
So, uh, you know, we can talk about that. Absolutely, guys. And we got Jenna in the building as well. Jenna, uh, you're not a special guest anymore. You're just part of the show. You're on every single Tuesday. So thanks for being here. How are you feeling this morning? What's on your mind? Um, I mean, I'm feeling good, except for the fact I wake up and, you know, you see that the SEC is completely attacking crypto, which we knew that they have been everything. But, you know, I'm excited to get into these articles and give my thoughts on that. I mean, it's just such a bummer to watch. You know, it's it's like we know that we, we put our money into great projects with great utility and just to see um, all of this coming down just for their own greedy purposes. It's really, really disheartening. So anyway, I'm excited to get into the show and let's do it. We're happy to have you, Jenna. And hopefully for all of our listeners out there, we can provide some solutions today. But we're going to get this show started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. At about 4,400 followers, go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is in 44 this morning. It's actually in fear, Johnny Crypto. And I'm sure that has to do with the SEC news as the market is red across the board. Quant Token is the only one worth mentioning, up about 3%. When we check out the total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at 1.10 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 46% dominance. Ethereum is about 20%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 26,000. Ethereum is 1,800. XRP holding strong, up about 3% on the seven days, sitting at 51 cents. Cardano was one of the latest tokens to be labeled a security, sitting at 35 cents this morning. And let's scroll down to Quant Network, sitting at 117. And Gonzo, we're going to be talking about a lot today, but I want to get this show started with an interesting video because right now the entire crypto industry is dealing with the wrath of the SEC. But for anybody who's been in this community, we know it started with Ripple. So we're going to provide this clip here and talk about it. Here we go. Thank you for having me. I think it is, uh, as you introduced, the reason why the Twitter crypto community cares so much about this question is it's not just about Ripple. It really is, as was introduced, that the whole industry is impacted by this decision. Mm. The irony is the only country on the planet that thinks XRP is a security is the United States, is the United States SEC. Okay, well, Brad, our litigation analysts here at Bloomberg Intelligence think that the SEC ultimately is going to win this. That's just an opinion. It's a hypothetical scenario. But in that scenario, how does Ripple move forward? Look, unfortunately, Ripple is already op operating in a world where it's as if we have lost. Despite that fact, Ripple had a record year last year. Uh, we continue to grow very quickly across our major product groups. Now, unfortunately, that growth is almost all coming from outside the United States. And we are hiring more and more people outside the United States. But our customer base now is about 95% non-U.S. companies, non-U.S. payment companies. Hey, listen, that's the most important clip part of the clip right there. And guys, for anybody who's seen me hit the mute button, I'm still getting used to this new software update. But Johnny, before we get into our articles for today, the main topic of conversation is not only the SEC suing Coinbase, they listed 19 crypto assets as securities in the process. And there were a couple of big names on that list, including Cardano. So we're going to hear from their founder later in the episode. But what stuck out about that clip? The XRP community had to deal with the SEC. Now it's the whole crypto universe. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, what have I been saying for the longest time on this show, Evs? If these guys don't come together, they're just going to get picked off one by one. And that's exactly what's happening to them. You need to kind of, I told you, there needs to be a coalition, you know, Ripple, Coinbase, Kraken, Binance. They should have all came together, formed some kind of alliance and gone and really, you know, lobbied the right people in Congress and put something behind this. Exactly. Right here. Mr. Right. Spot on. He apparently pays attention to the show. We've been saying that every single day on the show. There needs to be uh, a balance on the other side of the scale or the SEC is just going to be slapping them around. And that's what you're really seeing right now is it's just really a one sided you know, battle. And here's the real scary news is think of all those coins they listed. I think there's like 10, 12 or 19 of them. Algo was on the list. Cardano was on the list. Well, guess what? Coinbase sells that. Kraken sells that. Everybody sells it. So are they all going to go down? And, and why just Binance got, you know, picked for that? So, yeah, there. I think that's the list, right? Yeah. So there you go. I mean, Matic, Adam, I mean, those are sold everywhere. Mana, Sand, everywhere. You can buy those on almost every exchange. So the question is what happens? And now you literally could go after uh, almost all of these. I mean, <laughs> you can see the green light. And if you add Kraken to this list and, and uh, uphold, and you'll see that the, the list is going to be common across them all. So theoretically, are we just seeing the beginning? You know, is it Binance? And then next, are we going to hear about Kraken? And then next, we're going to hear about Uphold, most likely, right? Just very, very interesting times, very, very scary times 
of what's happening there. And uh, but to, in terms of the article, Brad's spot on. He did exactly what he needed to do. He's operating like they lost the case and he went outside the U.S. And you can see that's what they're going to do. They'll just keep doing what they're doing and building everything outside. And eventually, I kind of disagree with the with the whatever news channel that was that the analyst said SEC is going to win. I actually don't think they're going to win. We had John Deaton on the show, and he thought there was a, a under three percent chance they'd win. So we'll have to wait and see. And Gonzo, I know you had some additional comments, but last week we highlighted on our show that Brad Garlinghouse had liked a tweet from the digital asset investor that said, "Dimes to donuts, this thing is over." That's obviously in reference to the Ripple versus SEC lawsuit. Well, he added another interesting tweet to his likes list, as this is the tweet, and then I'm kicking it right to you, Gonzo. The SEC is going harder at Binance, Coinbase, Kraken, and Ripple than they ever did against FTX. That says all you need to know about the situation, and that's a direct quote from the tweet that Brad Garlinghouse likes. So, Gonzo, what's on your mind? Yeah, you know, I think like Johnny said, Ripple has set themselves up to be outside of the United States, so I don't think they really care what happens in the U.S., right? Like if they lose the case or something happens, they could always contest it and it could go all the way up to the Supreme Court and they can make case law, but they've set themselves up so it doesn't affect them at all. Look, look at what they're doing outside of the United States and how much their company has grown, right? And then the other thing that I was going to comment on was, you know, I was going through Twitter this morning and so we all, as part of the XRP army, we all know what it feels like. We've been in litigation with the SEC for two years. And you get a lot of people that are coming out now saying, well, where were you with this? Where are you that? That needs to stop, right? Like what Johnny was saying earlier is spot on. We need to be united. It's not us against all these other protocols. It's us against the SEC. And whatever happened in the past happened in the past, but they need to get their shit together and they need to unite and they need to fight the, the, the SEC. Talking about what happened in the past or that they didn't support Ripple in the past absolutely gets nothing done and the sec wins right what the sec wants to do is divide like johnny's saying divide all these different protocols so that they're fighting individual fights right and so it's like multiple cuts that get bled out so these guys need to get together and they need to fight together in a united front and jenna i know you had some additional comments but we're going to play this video of of cardano's founder charles hotskinson responding to the allegations of the sec claiming that he's offering an unregistered security but there's something i want to preface right before you go xrp never had an ico obviously cardano did bnb did ethereum had an ico so we're going to see the sec go after two components of crypto the initial coin offerings mm -hmm. and the staking so with that being said what stuck out to you jenna um, oh my gosh, like a lot, a lot of different things. But, you know, Gonzo is completely right. I think, though, it would be prudent for all different exchanges to start attacking and going after the SEC before the SEC can even go after them and just see what Coinbase did and said, you know, you need to give us clarity. You need to give us something because obviously the rules aren't clear. But I think, you know, what they're doing right now and Brad Garlinghouse was, you know, right when he said and he predicted that. 99% of crypto would go away, but it's the easiest for the SEC to go after these big blue chip companies right now because they know that they have money. They know that they will like they'll, they'll settle. Um, even look at Filecoin. That's a World Economic Forum token. Um, there's a lot of people, you know, WEF that support that and everything. Obviously, it's not going to go away. It's not going to go anywhere. But my fear is that if a lot of these tokens that we love and hold, we have them through the next bull run and they're in, you know, litigation with the SEC we're not going to see them, in my opinion, reach their all-time highs, just like we didn't see with um, XRP because they were in the lawsuit and everything. So these are just things to be mindful of. But will that money flow in now to XRP because all of these other tokens are getting sued? So just some things to think about. You know, Another thing, Jenna. Go ahead, Jenna. Absolutely. One thing to build on here, you know, it's kind of weird, the interesting, the timing, you know, they know that obviously next week or something's going to be coming out. I'm surprised they didn't save this kind of news. So they're either trying to front run the the you know the Hinman stuff, or maybe there's even more bigger news of another exchange getting sued soon. Very interesting that they didn't wait for this to come out after the the Hinman emails to kind of distract or kind of you know wag the dog as they say. So we'll have to wait and see if there's even maybe this is just the beginning of a bunch of news as they're trying to maybe get people to forget about the Hinman stuff. And I love this comment here. It said nobody finds it a coincidence that banks and custodians of crypto. Banks are custodians of crypto now, and there's all these attacks on self-custody. Come on, says Eric Rowan. And I completely agree. I think what we're seeing right now is, first of all, they told us, don't keep your cryptos on exchanges. So everyone moved to self-custody. Now that they're in self-custody, 
all of those wallets are being hacked. So they're saying, hey, guys, go to qualified custodians, go to JP Morgan, go to the NASDAQ, go to your traditional banks because they're going to keep you safe. And for anybody who's watching on YouTube right now, we are showing you the list of the 19 tokens that the SEC is alleging are unregistered securities. I'm going to read through a couple of the ones that stick out to me. Obviously, we had Cardano, BNB tokens, Solana, Matic is on this list. Cardano is on this list. Cosmos is on this list. Mana and Sand Token are both on this list. So what really sticks out to me here, Johnny, before we continue is the inconsistencies. They're not going after one portion of this market. There's a broad spectrum. It's like a crypto machine gun here. They're just spraying it across the industry, not really pointing at anything. So what does that mean to you before we move on? It means Operation Choke Point continues. Then the Fight You stage continues. And, you know, really it's kind of getting ugly out there because we haven't had a real victory on the other side. We don't have the Ripple lawsuit case over yet. We don't have any bills passed in Congress. So there's really, it's like literally just a one-sided fight right now. And uh, until until we get some balance on the other side, it just kind of, we don't know this, this is where this is going to end at. In fact, you know, I think we're going to hop into it a little bit later in the show. Gensler was on the Kramer show and some of the things they were saying, I mean, wait till we get to that second. When you see what they're saying, you understand why they're doing what they're doing. They literally think crypto is a complete fraud. It doesn't even need to exist, right? So that's, and that's how they're acting. And that's what you're seeing. Guys, we got 365 live listeners already joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. If you like the new thumbnail, I want to give a shout out to our tech team. Josh and Dustin do some amazing work. So share some appreciation with them. And Jenna, I'm excited to come, come to you right after this clip because something we've highlighted on our channel for about six months now is Operation Choke Point 2.0, where the banks are cutting off liquidity from the crypto market. And the founder of Cardano here is actually agreeing this is taking place. So I'm going to play this short clip and go back to you here. Here we go. Choke point 2.0 is a thing. You see it across the whole industry from speedy banks being rejected accounts to basically everything becoming a security now, I guess. Choke point 2.0 is a thing. You see it across the whole industry from speedy banks being rejected accounts to basically everything becoming a security now, I guess. And you know what really sticks out to me, Jenna, is not only that Charles has called for the end of the lawsuit twice now, once in December and now just a couple of weeks ago, but the fact that in the beginning, in December of 2022, not that long ago, only six months ago, Operation Choke Point was considered a conspiracy. It was not considered consensus among the crypto community. So to see guys like Charles acknowledge that that's what's taking place, that's something new. What's it mean to you? Isn't there that saying about what's the difference between a conspiracy theory and reality and it's six months? And wasn't that just like six months? So I think yeah. we're right on point, right? Um, but you know what? I mean, he's he's obviously awake to what's going on. He has his own project. He watches this every single day. And while he's wrong about, you know, when the lawsuit's going to end, that's that, those are things that no one knows. No one knows except for people that are deep, deep on the inside. And I don't even know what they know, obviously. So much craziness going on there. But at the end, you know, it's like I posted this morning, who is the SEC protecting? Like, obviously, it's the 1%. It's their golfing buddies. It's the old money. It's the banks. And it's the same thing we've been saying, where they're going to push the Fed now and CBDCs, crypto bad, CBDCs good. Look at Janet Yellen running around saying the sky is falling and crypto is used by criminals. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely, Johnny. Crypto bad, CBDC is good. And we just know they're going to keep pushing these narratives. Um, and I think a lot of people, though, do make the mistake of thinking that crypto or blockchain is crypto. No, blockchain is blockchain and, you know, crypto is crypto. So those are two very separate things, but obviously used in conjunction to one another. But it's easy for these actors, these bad actors like Janet Yellen and Gary Gensler to intermingle this and, and to scare people. And that's a huge problem right now. And that's why we need to continue to educate everyone to what's going on. Also on that list, I don't see any memes. Isn't that funny? Like there's no meme tokens on there. There's no Doge. There's no Pepe. Tether's not on here. Isn't that crazy? No ETH. It is crazy. And Jenna, I wish I could be surprised, but what we've seen so far out of the SEC is a clear objective to allow some tokens to flourish while shutting down the competition. And Gonzo, I know you had some thoughts. So floor is yours. Yeah, you know, uh, it's again, I'm seeing kind of the same thing with like Charles, right? Charles said what he said. He's a human being. He's allowed to change his mind. We're going to need him in the fight that's coming. You're going to need somebody like that, that's super smart, that understands blockchain. And so he said what he said in the past. But again, we need to put that stuff aside because that's what they want. They want the infighting. They want us the, the pointing and all that, right? Because if you look at Cardano, the way it's set up, 
it's one of the protocols or digital assets, whatever you want to call it, that didn't do the whole ICO thing or didn't like, it's not, most of the token supply is not held by like the founders. Most of the token supply is held by the community. So it's funny that they, they, you know, that they attacked it. Right. And so, um, yeah, I, I like, and we've been saying this, like we're in the, they fight you stage and, and that's what's happening. Right. But w when you look at some of the assets that they put on there, some of them held up better than others. Right. Like when you look at Bitcoin, it, it, it's at a support level. We could lose this support level and go down to like 24 something, but we didn't see like a total and complete collapse like we saw after the FTX thing. The other funny thing is like, if you look at what they're charging Binance with, they're basically saying that Binance is FTX, right? So where were they on the FTX thing, right? So basically you have FTX that did all this shady shit. People lost tons of money. I don't see anyone coming forward saying that they lost money or they got scammed out of money by Binance, right? And so it's just hilarious. Like it is what it is. But um, at the end of the day, um, crypto isn't going anywhere, right? If you think about like all the different bear markets, right? It's always something. But as this thing has been adopted more, it's almost like they have to come up with more fear to break you, right? To, to shake you out, right? Because before it was it's going to zero and we didn't know if it was going to zero. Well, more and more people understand how it works. They understand the Bitcoin cycle. They understand how these assets move. So they understand it's not going to zero. So now it's like, it has to be something a little bit more extreme to shake out people and to break them, right? So that they go away. And that's exactly what they're trying to do. And Johnny, you've said it for months now. If the crypto companies don't come together to combat the SEC, they're going to be playing a game of catch up. And that's what we're witnessing right here, guys. And I'm excited to get into this story and kick it straight to you, Johnny. Breaking news over the weekend, or at least through Monday afternoon, as the SEC sued Coinbase on an unregistered securities exchange allegations. Now, there's some very interesting information. And of course, my highlights were just lost before we get into this article. But this is what I wanted to focus on regardless. The SEC's main complaint is that uh, Coinbase was unable to register as a security ex exchange, a broker, or a clearing agent. Well, here's what they're not telling you. The SEC complaint doesn't mention this, but there is no way for a platform like Coinbase to register as a securities exchange, a broker, or a clearing agent. And that's why they've been begging the SEC for years to give them a clear path to compliance. Well, what is the SEC alleging here, Johnny? That the rules exist. We don't need new litigation. They should have come in years ago. But there's another caveat I want to throw in before I kick it to you. The SEC had to approve Coinbase's IPO, and now we're seeing this morning the stock is taking a major hit. So what does that play into this whole narrative? Coinbase was approved for an IPO, but now they're an unregistered securities exchange. I mean, this is where this is kind of makes zero sense. You know, you, you approve them on one side and then you sue them on the other. So you're getting mixed messages from the SEC because they decided again that this is Operation Choke Point. So it's no surprise. If you remember... When we were at XRP Vegas, Jeremy Hogan came out and said, when you go to fill out the form to, to register, it asks you how many shares you want to offer. <laughs> There's no shares. The form's not right. And the reality is, there you go, is you have the problem where you've got the head of the SEC saying, everything's all set. It's all smooth. Come on in. We want to work with you. Every, all the forms are ready. And then when you go in to do it, none of it's true. But the problem is if the guy at the top is saying it's true, and he ain't going to do anything about it. Well, guess what? The industry is going to stay at a standstill. It can't move forward. It can't move forward. Impossible. There's no way to move it forward until the form gets updated. So it's, you know, to, so it's set to adopt and help this industry grow or until Congress makes it happen. So there's your two options. And right now we, you know, we know there's a bill just getting started, passed around. The clarity bill, I think, uh, was it McHenry or Emmers that submitted it? We really need that bill to go around. But again, you know, who knows when these things are going to actually happen and pass and go through Congress? The, you know, nothing goes through Congress quickly. Uh, so it's going to be a while, I think, before we see this. You know, we had Yusko on the show. We said 2027. Johnny, quick follow-up for you. Do you think we're coming full circle here? Obviously, we know NASDAQ is going to start doing crypto custody this summer. With them trying to convince the public that companies like Binance, Binance and Coinbase are untrustworthy, is that what you really think is going on here? It's just a full circle back to the institutions. I mean, you know, we said that, yeah, said that a few weeks ago, that it feels like at the end of the day, we're waiting for all, you know, this this industry 
since 2008 or nine when Bitcoin was born until today has kind of been just played around with like the, the second hand or third hand guys, right? Not the big boys. Well, guess what? I think the big boys want in now. <laughs> so they're slapping everybody else out of the way and they're getting their ships in position for battle. And I should, I don't like to use the word battle, but they're getting their, 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 their hands in the mud, you know, so they can play or in the sandbox so they can play. And that's what I think is happening. You're seeing it. This is going to shift. If you fast forward five years from now, Half these things won't even be around. Binance probably won't be around. Coinbase may not be around. Or they'll they'll get absorbed. They'll get bought by NASDAQ or they'll get bought by Charles Schwab or E-Traders. You know what I mean? I, I think you're going to see all these. <laughs> it's going to look very, very, very different five years from now, Abs. And I think you're seeing the beginning of it right now, all of it happening. And well, in the beginning, when you make the sausage, it looks ugly. Last question I have for you, Johnny, with everyone talking about the possible ending of the Ripple versus SEC lawsuit, now we're seeing the FCC feel feeling comfortable enough to go after Binance, go after Coinbase. That means they're going to have to reallocate resources. So is this a sign to you that behind the scenes they're moving on from the Ripple lawsuit? Um, You know, that's an interesting take there. It depends. Didn't they just hire a bunch of people or didn't they just restaff the, the SEC or they're bringing a bunch of people on board because of this whole effort? So not necessarily, you're right. They they may they may if they if they brought others on staff, then you're just seeing them get put to use now. Uh, if they didn't, then yeah, certainly it is going to draw away. And the reality is, we all know that it feels like that whole XRP SEC lawsuit is coming to an end. They've already done all the legwork or all the front work that the SEC needed needed to do to get to where we are today to, to come to a summary judgment app. So all that work has been put in and done. Those guys are probably just sitting around twiddling their thumbs anyway, so now they're getting to put to work somewhere else. Exactly. And Jenna, I want to kick it to you for some comments here, but if you look at this list of the 19 quote-unquote unregistered securities, there's two tokens on here that everybody's talking about. That would be XRP and XLM. And we're going to break down a couple of the reasons we believe that XRP may not be listed in this lawsuit. But before we do, we got 423 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want to give a shout out to the tech team. Shout out to Josh and Dustin on the new thumbnail. But Jenna, what sticks out to you before we get into the XRP news? Well, before we get into that, I, I mean, it did stick out. It didn't really surprise me that XRP is not on that list or XLM. Um, I mean, XLM, we know that they're getting a pass like with the CFTC and we know those commissioners are always at Meridian, you know, Judge McCaleb's in bed with all of them. So it's fine. Um, and XRP, obviously, for the ongoing case right now, that's why they're not on there listed as a security. Um, it just wouldn't make sense. And that could also weaken the case for the SEC. But what I was going to say, going back to um, the Coinbase being sued and everything, we obviously knew that this was coming, but it just gets me because they tried their best to be good actors in this space. And there's literally no way for them to register like this. How is this even possible? So what I can see is obviously Operation Choke Point, but a really good opportunity to buy Coinbase really, really cheap. And we saw the same thing, like whenever they were going after Tesla, you know, the stock plummeted. But after the SEC case was over, we saw it shoot back up again. So it might be a good opportunity for us, something to watch. And Johnny, I mean, sorry, and Gonzo, one of our listeners commented, Coinbase is here to stay because it's owned by BlackRock. I couldn't agree more. When you look at these companies, figure out who's funding them behind the scenes. And when you see a name like BlackRock, that tells me the company is here to stay. But I'm showing our listeners the live feed of their stock this morning, and it's down about 6% on the day, about $9. So pretty interesting here. What sticks out to you, Gonzo? I mean, if you think about it, if we fast forward where we're going to be in the next few years, for a few years the 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 Coinbase lawsuit can be a setup, right? Just like we're thinking the Ripple thing is that's going to give clarity to the exchanges or it'll be the one exchange that has all the clarity that it needs to move forward and to grow, right? Because it it just doesn't make any sense. Like they went over their books, their business model, and their business model has not changed at all, right? And so they gave them the pass to go public. And now all of a sudden, the same things that you saw that were there in 2019 when you allowed them to go public now all of a sudden they're not registering or they're breaking some type of law it's crazy so i mean history will tell us how this thing plays out but i wouldn't be surprised if we end up something where coinbase ends up being one of the exchanges that has um the clarity just like xrp does and it grows into something bigger but i i do think that the coinbase thing you know, they're sitting in a better position than Binance, right? Because of that they're a publicly traded company and that the SEC had already reviewed everything. 
So that's going to be a huge contention when they go to court and they fight this thing. Johnny Crypto, I want to get some additional comments for you, but this is something that all of our listeners should be aware of. If the SEC isn't directly admitting guilt, they are showing signs of it right here as the SEC has removed Bill Hemmings' biography from their website. And after reading through this biography yesterday, I think we figured out why. It states right here, William Hemmings was a partner of Silicon Valley office Simpson & Thatcher, as well as Barrett LLP. Both of these organizations are publicly a part of the Ethereum Alliance. So right before his emails are set to be revealed, they pull these documents off their website. And Johnny, I do want to hear from you, but let's start with Jenna. What do you think is going on here? Are they admitting guilt by pulling his biography? Absolutely. There's too many, like they can point fingers just to these connections and everything. And it's crazy that it took them this long to remove that from their website. You would think that this would have come off like a long time ago. And don't they know that there's like this little thing called Wayback Machine where you get, we can pull this up. We can see what used to be there. So just because it's gone now doesn't mean it's gone forever. Exactly. And thank God we got screenshots like this. But Johnny, I want to get your thoughts as well. Bill Himmon obviously had some alliance to the set, had some incentive to promote the Ethereum alliance here. But what we're going to see and what I think we're going to see from the SEC is they're going to claim he was a rogue agent. They're going to claim that they told him to make certain statements in that speech that he did not make publicly. And now they're going to hold him accountable. This could be step one. What do you think of my theory? Well, I don't know about that because it depends on, you know, you're, we're going to see. So they already they already know. But I like to believe, and, and most of the times it's true, that everything done is for a reason. And if they're removing it now and not two years ago when all this was coming, obviously they were able to block and they didn't care about anything back then. But obviously what's coming out, you know, <laughs> probably doesn't bode well. I think we're going to, you know, maybe see some kind of smoking gun or something in there. And obviously they are pre-scrubbing and trying to prepare for the backlash. Maybe that's going to come out of this thing. And so... It makes sense. It just kind of really just, to be honest with you, gives me further validation that maybe we actually really will get to see these things next week after the 13th. Because there's some talk, that, oh, it could delay again, whatever. But I'm starting to think like, no, nah, we're really going to get them. And uh, this is just another potential, you know, point of, of interest that makes you believe like, yeah, okay, you know what? Eh, it's probably coming, which, which is good, you know, <laughs> good to see finally. But no yeah, surprise. Done. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me before we started seeing aliens all over the place in Canada, what they used to say is if the government knew about aliens, they wouldn't tell us because society would have a meltdown. That's how I feel about these him and emails. Even though we're going to get access to these things, they're going to be redacted. And what redacted emails means is that they get to decide what we get to see and what they get to hide. So although we're getting some insight, it's not completely transparent. What do you think, Gonzo? What's on your mind? Um, again, and this is different than an investment thesis into Ethereum to each his own, but they could try to throw him under the bus, but all you have to do is see what happened in the last 24 hours and see that they're still protecting Ethereum. Ethereum was not named as any of those tokens, and we know that they had an ICO. We know everything that went on, yet they're not named in any of the lawsuits. We had the CFTC thing with the state of New York, but you would think that they would be named in one of these lawsuits when you see the other tokens that were named. So they're still protecting Ethereum, right? And so again, different as an investment thesis, we're here to talk about like ETHgate and all that other stuff. I believe it's happening. They're still protecting Ethereum. And that's why I have an investment thesis into Ethereum because you could see it's still being protected. To each his own, you got to do what you got to do. But I, I mean, it's clear as day. It wasn't named in any of the lawsuits. Not only was it not named in the lawsuits, but it could be the only token that comes out of this thing with clarity specifically built around their asset. And this is one of the bright sides, Johnny. They always say, if you go through a hard time, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And what's the light at the end of the tunnel for Ripple? While the rest of the industry is only starting their regulatory battle, Ripple's is coming to a close. And what we could see is that while companies like Algorand and Ethereum and Cardano are going through lawsuits, Ripple is able to be adopted by the banks and financial institutions. And at the beginning of the episode, we showed a video. In that video, it said today, 500 institutions around the world are already working with Ripple. And Jenna, this is the question I have for you. Yesterday, I put out a poll before the show and it said, what will happen first? A Ripple, an XRP all-time high or a Ripple IPO? 326 people participated in this survey and 72% of them agreed an all-time high would come before a Ripple IPO. So I just want to get this out of the way. What do you believe will happen first? And then, Johnny, I'm kicking it to you. 
Well, probably that all-time high because one, you have to think of them actually being finished with their lawsuit, right? They want to get all that out of the way before they IPO. And hopefully we blow past that all-time high and then you will have all of these wealthy XRP holders that are more than happy to invest into Ripple because right now they can't because it's only for accredited investors. And I was listening to a space yesterday with um, the... You know, CEOs, whatever I've linked to the founders, and they were explaining how how hard it is to get hold of Ripple stocks. Literally, people who are, um, you know, were employees, etc., are the ones who have to sell that for them to even be able to get shares of it. It's really hard to have. So, you know, I think that it makes a lot more sense for us to reach those all time highs and be able to invest. Johnny, I love the comment that we got from a fellow XRP YouTuber here. Molly Elmore said. There will be a time gap between announcing the IPO and the actual IPO. What happens to the XRP price during that time? That is a $100 million question right there, Johnny. And we got 480 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny, give me your thoughts before we move on. What do you believe happens first? And what do you believe happens to XRP in that weird period of time? There's a 100% chance that XRP will, will most likely hit a you know, high before we see the IPO. Because remember... The IPO, Brad's probably going to do it in the heart or middle of the bull run. That's when you would want to do it, right? It makes no sense to do it any other time. That's how Coinbase did it too, um, you know, because that's where you get the maximum, where you get to extract the maximum value out of equity. So you would want to wait until you have the, that, that high point. Now, with that being said, if you're waiting for the max, you know, high point of the bull run, well, then theoretically – as long as the SEC's monkey is off of XRP's back, which it should be by then, you would expect that XRP should be able to hit its all-time high just like every other coin did. So to me, it's almost a no-brainer. XRP will be wherever it's going to be uh, near its high. And shout out to Coach JV in the house, and hopefully he's healing up, uh, healing up well over there. Um, and, you know, so I think while XRP will be at its high, then you'll also end up seeing, you know, and it makes more sense because – we, we talked about this on the show. They own a good chunk of XRP, so that brings their value up even higher. So it makes no sense for him not to want to sell it when that happens. But anyway, regardless, the point is it's going to be at a high point, which is then going to bump up the IPO's offering at its highest point as well. And uh, and that's really going to be a, a great time, I think, for Ripple holders. If you're able to get into the link to thing, great. If you weren't, you know, because it's really going to be Ripple the stock not XRP, the coin. They're two different things. You have to remember that and not confuse the two. Um, so, And Gonzo, a lot of people are talking about the Ethereum ICO and saying it's inevitable until we see the SEC go after Ethereum. Well, this is an exciting story. I'm, I'm ready to bring our listeners because this is some investigative research you are only going to find on Good Morning Crypto. One of the biggest questions that we've had about XRP is why did Uphold decide to not delist the token when all the other crypto exchanges were ready and willing to delist XRP? We found the answer. Greg Kidd, who is a founder at Ripple, one of the first 10 employees to work at the company, is an advisor to Uphold. He's an official board member. Johnny, I got to mute you, bro. He's an official board member of the company. And check this out, guys. He actually invested $57 million into Uphold back in 2018. Now, the reason I'm prefacing this is because he talks about how XRP never needed an ICO and how that's an advantage compared to Ethereum. So I'm going to play this short clip and kick it to Gonzo. Here we go. It started, it wasn't worth anything. Unlike ICOs where they sold it to the public, the first gift of XRP was from its creators. They actually just gave Ripple 80% of it. Um, so this is all pre-ICO, pre-Ether. Um, at the time, we, we knew it was, uh, we didn't know whether it was oil or water, but it was liquid and it, it moved. It is either the oil or the water or the financial system. And he's specifically talking about XRP here, guys. This is what you need to know about Greg Kidd. Greg Kidd is one of the wealthiest men in America. He's one of the most influential people in the tech industry. And he worked at the Federal Reserve before and after working at Ripple. He left Ripple, went back to the Federal Reserve, and now we have him working as a board on the board of directors at Uphold. So Gonzo, I'm kicking it to you then, Jenna. Are you concerned about an Ethereum ICO, and how do you feel about these Greg Kidd clips? I, I think, in just my personal opinion, the only way we are going to see Ethereum get sued by the SEC is if something comes out with those emails, right? And they're going to try to save face. So if it's scandalous enough, 
where it reaches where it's almost criminal. And like you said, they're going to throw him in under the bus to for the current SEC to save face. They would sue the SEC. I mean, they would sue Ethereum, right? Saying that it's a security and and to try to distance themselves from Hinman and say, look, that was back then. We're not doing that now. And look, here's the lawsuit against Ethereum. But I don't think so. I, I think they get a free pass because they would have been named already. But I guess, you know, time time will tell. Johnny Crypto, people often ask me, why do they pay you the big bucks? This is why the investigative journalism, my friend, I'm only making a joke here, but what do you think about Greg Kidd officially paying $57 million to uphold? I think this answers all the questions about why this exchange kept XRP listed. You know, I mean, I think certainly <laughs> I say this all the time. It's who you know, not what you know. And the connections matter. And obviously there was something going on there. And, and you know, kudos to uphold, by the way, Abs, for sticking to their guns they were the only one that said hey we're gonna keep this going and the interesting thing is the sec never went after uphold so it makes you wonder what are the relationships and connections there and that was some great sleuth work you did there finding that out i think that's awesome you know figuring that out although people do want to know if he can uh, he's a really rich guy but he needs a comb i guess according to our, our chat room here but nonetheless i do i do think that you know when you look at when decisions are made along the way a lot of these things get weighed into it. And obviously you've got someone on the board that's come from that space, understands it, you know, and maybe has the right connections. Those two things coupled together. And now it makes more sense of why they continue to hold on to it. And they actually said at the XRP Vegas, I spoke to someone there from Uphold, and she said that they went through their analysis internally and why they thought it wasn't a security and why they decided to keep it going. So again, kudos to them for doing that. I think that makes sense and good, good find here. Great work. Here's another follow-up video. This is some pretty interesting news. He mentioned XRP was either going to be the fuel, or sorry, the oil or the water to the new financial system. Here's the new financial system they're talking about here. I did spend some time at the Federal Reserve and the payments group, figuring out like what works and doesn't work about the U.S. financial system and was really excited when crypto came along to build a new set of, of rails for the world. Um, and he used the word crypto there, but remember, Greg Kidd was one of the founders at Ripple. And of course, Ripple talks about the new liquidity rails every single day. So Jenna, before we move hey, on. Hey, Abs, you know the question I have? I wonder if he has a son named Wade. <laughs> I don't get it. Explain it. Uh, Wade Ripple? Water? Liquid? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Wade. man. You're elemental. You've been talking about uh, it. Uh, my, brain, my brain was in other places. <laughs> You're right. But Jenna, what does it mean to you? I don't know. Johnny just distracted me with his lame dad jokes. Go. Oh, <laughs> Johnny, that's not even the biggest news we got for today. And I'm so sorry for all of our listeners. We do not pay Johnny for the dad jokes on this channel. But this is what we want to talk about with Ripple here, because the Medico acquisition was specifically a move to custody for central banks. And this is an example of that as a new image was circulating on Twitter from a Medico employee. And I'm trying to zoom in here. So they said wave one is the shadow crypto finance phase. That's where you're bringing in companies like BlockFi, Gemini, Crypto.com, and they are custodying your crypto. Well, what is wave two? When banks and regulated financial institutions start to partner with companies like Medico in order to custody your crypto. Johnny, this is from a Medico presentation. Check out the names on this list. I'm going to read a couple and kick it to you. Visa. JP Morgan, HSBC, Stanley Mort, uh, Morgan Stanley, Citibank, and plenty of other billion-dollar institutions here. So, Johnny, what does it mean to you that Medico is naming Citibank, JP Morgan, and Visa in a public display like this? I mean, does it not? Does it not? I mean, this is why we got you know. What I tell you, this is exactly how it works. First, they let you know the little guys play and figure it out, and whether it's real or not. And if the big boys figure it's real, they say, "Okay, thanks for working that out." We're taking it now. And that's exactly what you see it. I mean, there it is. That's why, you know, we told you this was going to happen. I don't know how many more predictions we got to make on this show. We seem to be pretty good at these things. But um, so that's what it is. No surprise whatsoever. We are actually, you know, that line, you know, that circle and that line going to the second circle. Bring that, bring that picture back up again. Like, so, you know, how when you're, oh, you're muted. But anyway, if you can bring that picture back up, you know. If we could draw a line like we are here, I'd put it, boom, right smack in the middle as we're moving from circle one to circle two. We're right in the middle of the transition, and, and you're seeing it happen, and that's why it feels well, – actually, we're kind of in the beginning of, of moving towards that transition. And that's why it's so ugly, and it feels painful because they have to slap all those little guys around. Things got to get lost, and then 
Yeah, there it is. Right? We're like, if I can point my finger, like, boom, we're right there, right in the middle as we're moving along. We're heading into that position where soon all these other companies that all got started, they're going to be out. They're going to get bought up. And you're going to have just the big boys remaining running this whole, as uh, Kevin O'Leary likes to call it, 12th sector of the economy. And Jenna, this could be one of the answers as to why the NASDAQ congratulated Ripple on their acquisition of Medico. Although they're both moving into crypto custody, it's not going to be dominated by one company. And, mm -hmm. and the NASDAQ clearly knows that. So what do you think about Medico listing banks like JP Morgan, Visa, and Citibank in their acquisitions? You know, this this is where I really like to hold Ripple or hold XRP and why I'm really excited about Ripple. Um and all of their progress and everything going forward, because I really believe that they will be able to be their own bank. I think that they will have the means to do that. So I don't worry about whether or not I'll be able to cash it out or get liquidity from my XRP. That is one thing that I literally have no fear of because I look at all of these different, you know, connections and partnerships and everything like that. Per that's perfect, Jenna. And I want to play this video right here. Gonzo, I'm not sure if you had any additional comments, but what we're about to show after you speak is a video of Gary Gensler at MIT explaining the use cases of specific cryptos. But before we get into that, what's on your mind, my friend? I mean, I, I think Johnny was spot on. Like, this is the move. This is where they're pushing us. And if you think about it, and I asked this question, I, I think it was in the chat, but if I, I think it was in the chat, I wasn't on the show, but if Ripple came out tomorrow, as much as people say, don't trust the exchanges, centralized is bad. But if Ripple came out tomorrow and said, hey guys, we will custody your crypto, your crypto is safe with us. How many of you would move your crypto into their holding thing, right? No. Think about that. If I can keep right? it right back to you, Gonzo, one of the things I'm thinking of is now I'm more willing than ever. After all of these right? attacks, it seems like that might be one of the best options. And I know Johnny Crypto shares a similar mindset. Which is, which is funny because, and this is what I talk about, like with these narratives and everything, right? Well, we remember when we were all panicked about the exchanges and centralized is bad, centralized is bad, is decentralized. But at the end of the day, when it comes to money and you, you're starting to lose money and all these things happen, Ripple comes out and says, hey, we'll custody your crypto. How many people will say, oh yeah, okay, I'll trust Ripple. And they'll move their assets because you know that Ripple's not going anywhere, that they're not going to zero because of all their partnerships and how they carry themselves. So okay. just a question. That was perfect, Gonzo. And we're about to break down an article right now about how Ripple CBDC developments was actually applauded in the American Banker, which is about traditional institutions. But guys, we got 490 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Jenna, I love this comment here just to close out the segment. It said Ripple is going to custody our XRP to run ODL rather than having our XRP dormant in cold wallets completely agree and i just like to get yeah. your uh, your comments yeah and i would totally trust um ripple to custody that i mean i'm sure that they're going to ensure their holders up to whatever it is i know everyone's so hell-bent on decentralization decentralized decentralized but also look what happens whenever you are custodying your own crypto you are taking 100 of the responsibility so while i wouldn't keep all of my eggs in one basket if you become mega mega wealthy and you're holding millions and millions of dollars do you really want to do that on your own i would rather let ripple custody that for me because i do believe in them and i trust them to do so johnny any closing comments here based on the atomic wallet hack that you experienced over the weekend i think it's actually great to get your personal take like you handled it like a professional obviously as a friend first you gave me a call and we talked about it we talked about solutions but one of the things i'll applaud you for is you talked about what really matters relationships not being dead having family members that you care about so where's your head at man where's your head at with the atomic wallet hack how are you keeping yourself up during this time well at the end of the day the first thing you always remind yourself during a, a tragic thing like that whenever you look at your wallet and you see your 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 holdings diminish the first thing you look at you have to say uh, do I have my health? You know, health really is your true wealth, Abs. And that's the first thing I said is, you know, at the end of the day, if you have your health, you can you can earn again. You can make it all back. So that's kind of the mindset I have is health is wealth. And then the second thing everybody knows me knows that there's nothing more important than family. And my family's healthy. Everybody's around. And then third, my boat. So, you know, at the end of the day, I still have all the things I truly cherish and love. That's what's important. The boat's and still floating, right? That's what's important. The boat still works. Everything's great. I got my friends. I got my family. I got my health. So at the end of the day, that's how you really handle these situations. And to me, that's kind of what I've been focusing on. And at the end of the day, you know, we'll just go and DCA back into XRP and a few other things. It's not going to be a big deal. We'll get in there and, uh, at the end of the day, everything's going to be good. So, but the thing is, in this space, you cannot have things like that happening 
in this space move forward. It won't. It will die because people, if more and more of this happens, people are going to lose confidence in it and forget it. It's game over. Nobody's going to play in it. You know, the minute my mom heard about it, that's it. She's like, I'm out. Get all my stuff out. I don't want to be involved. And my whole family, everybody wants to get out, right? And I'm like, no, no, no. You know, sit tight. It will be okay. But so the reality is the, the, the world has moved into a place where people want to feel confident that their stuff is protected. And that's why you have something called FDIC. You go to the bank, you can put up to $250,000 and you're protected. If it wasn't for that, nobody would have put their money in the bank. Everybody would have their money in the mattress still, right? The I think same people need to learn about how the FDIC works because they have a hundred billion dollars insuring over ten trillion. So well, this is well, that's the that I was gonna get to. That's the whole fallacy of the whole thing is they they haven't hundred percent funded it, so that doesn't work either. But everybody believes it is. But the reality is, until you get something similar like that happening in there in this space, it's gonna be one of those things where I always think people are gonna be reserved and not want to come into it until what Jenna said. It has to be custody by somebody else where they know it's protected and safe, and then people will invest in it. In taking the risk on your own, nobody's going to do that in the long run, especially not for large amounts of money. And this is when the regulations come into play because we need to see that with the KYC and the AML because you know damn well you're not going to be able to let Ripple custody your XRP without any form of KYC. So I think we'll see those things come into play. You know, I'm not saying it, it doesn't sting, but Coach JV lost his money three separate times, right? And so while it hurts, there's no doubt in my mind that we're gonna make that money back. Why? Because it's all about frequency. It's all about us. Money is gonna come to us, Johnny. So we got you. Like there's no doubt in my mind, right? These are things that happen, but but it's all about us. It's all about our frequency, our mindset and abundance, right? So we're good. And Gonzo, I don't have, oh, Johnny, go ahead. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. That to me is, you know, like Coach always says, lost his money three times. But as long as you know how to make, you know, you, you put yourself in a position where every time you learn, you know, how to make it back. And so that's what's important. I mean, Coach says all the time, if he lost his money right now, he, he wouldn't worry. He'd know how to make it back. And that's kind of how I felt. Like, okay, you know, you took some money from me. All right, you win this battle. But it's all good. At the end of the day, I'm going to still make out ahead. And, you know, everything's going to be fine. Because, you know, a lot of uh, things we have, Coach says this all the time. We have already what we need. We have our family. We have our health. We have our friends. That's what's important, right? And then the, the last thing, money, that's just a means to get to somewhere. And, you know, to me, it's just one of those things where you want to make sure you have enough to be able to kind of do what you want to do. But the abundance of it, friendship, and th those things are more important, to be honest with you, Abs. And you know what? We don't have an article related to this, but Johnny, it just came to mind. Tether is still a ticking time bomb. And when they're going after currencies that are legit, like you're talking about Cardano and Solana and Matic, these are legit top 10, top 20 cryptocurrencies. But we have an unregistered stablecoin that's profiting off of the Federal Reserve. The yep. reason that Tether is valuable is because the US dollar is valuable. And at, at some point, the Federal Reserve can come knocking and say, hey, you've, you've basically created your entire business premise off of our business model and that's not allowed right so what do you think is tether a ticking time bomb is there a day when the sec comes knocking i mean i know that they're riding the coattails both usdc and usdt right they definitely stole the the halo effect of the us dollar and they're riding on that abs there's no question about it however i think that most of them well i think it was it's one of them's holding 80 percent, supposed to be holding 80 percent in dollars so the, the question is if you're holding 100% in dollars, then I guess theoretically you could. I mean, we know that, yes, none of this stuff is you, none of it, USDT, USDC, none of it's stable really in reality. None of it is compliant. None of it is KYC. It's all, you know, a few guys in China or Korea or whatever that have put this whole thing together. So there is definitely a linchpin that I think could be pulled there and could, could unplug the whole thing and break it down. I think that's what people have to realize is, we are in a very, very risky space. There's no question about it. Um, and you have to know that when you're investing in this, that it is, don't put in your rent money. Don't put in your baby's food money into this space. You better put in money you can lose. Or, you know, someday if that does happen to you, you're going to feel the pain. I, I would say, so it, it's an interesting question, Abs, right? But uh, so it's, um, I think it's 80, could be 60%. They're actually holding treasury bills, right? And what are we seeing right now with the Federal Reserve? They have to raise a trillion dollars. And what are they doing? They're selling short-term treasury bills, right? And so I don't, I think they leave them alone right now because they're a huge holder of treasury bills. And I don't think they want to mess with that. And the other part is they're holding like USD, right? So we'll see how it plays out. But they are a 
gigantic holder of of U.S. Treasury bills. That's that's what most of the reserve is. So I think they 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 leave them alone. And Gonzo, this is a, a segment I'd love to close the show out on. Although the SEC put out a list of 19 digital assets they consider to be unregistered securities, XRP and XLM were left off of this list. We're going to go through a couple of reasons as to why this may be the case, and then I'm going to kick it back to Johnny and Jenna. Some questions as to why the SEC government didn't name XRP as a security token in the Binance lawsuit. According to some of Eleanor Tourette's legal sources, it could be one or all of the following reasons. The SEC wants to stay away from risking inconsistent decisions. It's already being litigated and referenced in other lawsuits. And if Ripple wins, strategically, it weakens the SEC's case against Binance in the eyes of the public, the Congress, and the press. So, Johnny, let's start with you. Do you agree with their Eleanor Tourette inside sources say these are some of the reasons XRP is not listed? Yeah, number two is probably the most important. No, I would have said number two is the most important one. They're already suing them. So you don't what why bring it up again and and but totally those three things all make sense. And I'd put an order two, I would have done it two, three, and one in that order, but nonetheless, uh, you know, there's no point in going after something you've already deemed <laughs> that you believe it is. And, and then if it wins, it's a problem. So no, they were smart, I think, in the way they approached it. Because if it wins, then it's like, oh, well, then that could kind of invalidate the other lawsuit. Why even put yourself in that position? It makes zero sense. We're not dealing with stupid people here at the SEC. We're just, you know, we're just dealing with people that have been given a, an Operation Choke Point agenda. But, yeah, so to me, 100%, Eleanor, I think, was spot on with that. Totally agree with, with those points she has there, absolutely. Gonzo and Jenna, I'd like to get some thoughts from you as well. We saw Medico, we saw the Medico acquisition make ripples throughout the financial industry, even having companies like the NASDAQ acknowledge it. So I just want to get uh, your thoughts, Jenna, before we close the show. What do you think? Are the Hinman emails going to be what everyone's anticipating? Are we going to get this big move when the Hinman emails are released? Or do you think that's another date that's just going to come and go and be part of the narrative? No, I think that the him and emails will definitely get released. But I'm just honestly, nothing surprises me anymore with all of this. But I do feel that we are getting close to the end. And Brad Garlinghouse has also told us that. But just to hit on like with XLM, yeah, they're not listed. That Stellar's a nonprofit, right? They're doing things the right way in in that regard. Um, And of course, it would hurt their case, you know, potentially the SEC if they were to have named XRP um, in that list. So it's like one of those things, hey, we're not even going to touch it right now. But that also tells me that, you know, how this case, the outcome of this case that, you know, they're probably going to be deemed not a security more than likely, probably like 99%. So I'm not worried. Who knows? Just grab some popcorn, just watch it play out and feel good in knowing that you've done your research. Yes. And Gonzo, I want to get your thoughts as well. Earlier in the show, I talked about an article where the American banker congratulated Ripple on all the work they've done with CBDCs. I'm going to read a couple comments and kick it right back to you. It said, the American banker, a Manhattan-based traditional publication covering the financial industry, has highlighted Ripple's efforts in creating dozens of digital currencies that work together. The American banker noted that Ripple recently launched its CBDC platform to achieve this goal. And through Ripple's CBDC platform, governments and financial institutions, as well as central banks, can issue their own national stablecoin and, of course, digital currencies. Now, this is what really stuck out to me. Ripple already uses the distributed ledger technology that supports the XRP token to enable international payments for e-commerce. So, Gonzo, what is it saying here? XRP is the liquidity between CBDCs. We got two minutes. What's this mean to you? Yeah, I mean, 100%. We keep talking about it. You know, like they're already testing this out in like smaller nations. That's where we're going to see it roll out. But uh, go back on the on the Hinman emails. What I think is going to happen is those emails are going to come out heavily redacted. And then someone is going to use the new AI that's been out there. And they're going to be able to piece together what it says. Watch. That's wow. what I'm going to predict. I'm going to throw that out there. Someone's going to use AI to, to, fill in, to fill it in. If we can figure out how to do that, we should do that on GMC and we should show the people what they're hiding. But we got 454 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny, with 60 seconds left, I want to get your opinion on this. The recently launched CBDC platform is a continuation of RippleNet. RippleNet has transformed into a platform for cross-border payments, offering crypto-native services like instant settlement, line of credit, and liquidity. The CBDC platform builds upon this foundation. And what does that mean, Johnny? Exactly what I said before. XRP is built... For this, what's it mean to you? Well, well, yeah, that's the whole point, right? Abs, we believe in investing in the rails of the future, and we believe that Ripple has positioned themselves to set up that whole entire payment system. The problem is 
they obviously didn't get the blessing of the Godfathers. <laughs> that was why, and that's why they're getting the slap. They're getting slapped a lawsuit when you when you're gonna mess with the big boys and you're gonna come in and play in their space or play in their sandbox. You gotta have permission, son. And they obviously, at the end of the day, I mean, this is just old school mafia stuff. You gotta have the permission and the blessing of the five of the of the of the of the, uh, the heads of the family. And you gotta kiss um, the ring, Johnny. You gotta kiss the ring. That's it. You got it. That's right. You got to get, take the knee, kiss the ring. You got to be, and you got to make sure that each one of the families gets that envelope, right? You got to, you got to, got to shift them. And they obviously didn't, you know, Brad, Brad's not Italian. Garlic, now they're not Italian. You don't know what he's doing. We need an Italian at the top running Ripple. If we had that, you would, he would have been all set. They, he would have known exactly what to do. He would have gone to JPM, all the other ones say, here, here's your envelope. Here's your envelope. Hey, everybody's good. Let's have a little pasta. We have a, a nice glass of wine. And everybody been happy, and there would have been no lawsuit. That's if not, mean. they would have gotten whacked. That's it. See, forget about it. Jenna got <laughs> Johnny, they come for the crypto, and they stay for the mafia advice. But, guys, we got 453 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for being here on this Tuesday. Tomorrow is going to be a really exciting episode because we have the bearable bull joining the show tomorrow. It's going to be some pretty great. We're going to talk about the Ripple lawsuit, of course, and as well as other topics. We got 455 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, guys, get the shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go. The bull is back. <laughs> <laughs>